I am Jennifer Nielsen, and this is Let It Glow, Episode 27, The Dig, Getting to the Root of Any Problem. Welcome to the Let It Glow podcast, a happy place where you'll learn how to let your soul shine and discover new ways to design your best life. I'm your host, Jennifer Nielsen. Hello, ladies, and welcome to another episode of Let It Glow. It's been a little bit since I've done a podcast. I've been busy getting things ready for my ranch retreat that I just put on and just trying to build my business and working on my website. So this has kind of been put on the back burner a little bit. So I'm excited to be back here today talking to you about something I'm super, super passionate about. So first, as I mentioned, I just got done with the Let It Glow Ranch Retreat and 60 marvelous women showed up and they were vulnerable They were willing to get out of their comfort zone and open to new possibilities. These are the three challenges that I gave to them, and they magnified them. And it was wonderful to see this openness and this growth in this short amount of time. It was truly magical. And I learned something very powerful at this retreat. Or should I say, I was reminded of the importance of repetition, So often I want to just spray people with a fire hose of information only to leave them overwhelmed. I get so excited and passionate about my message that I want to share it all. And I went into this retreat with a different mindset. I wanted them to get very clear on one foundational principle. And I focused on one thing this time, and it's the dick. And thought work is an integral part of the work that I do. And the dig is the tool I use to implement this. It literally helps you get to the root of any problem so that you can change your thoughts, feelings, and reactions in a short amount of time. So did you know that it's not what happens to you, but what you say about it that causes all the chaos in your life? Now, some of you might be resisting this because I did too when I heard it for the first time. And I know I've mentioned it in other podcasts, but I'll repeat it again. Did you know that it's not what happens to you, but what you say about it that causes all the chaos in your life? It's true. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, well, it does matter because this, this, and this. But in the end, the only thing that we can control or manage is our own thoughts. We can't always control what happens to us. And what a beautiful, empowering feeling that is when we know that we can change our thoughts. And by doing that, it will help us get closer to our desired outcomes. So I want you to forget everything you think you know about thought work because this process combines the best of all methods with a signature let it glow twist that simplifies it for you. Because once you understand the power of your feelings and reactions, you can learn to master your mind and get the outcomes that you desire. We spent a majority of our class time going over and over and over this concept. And there was definitely resistance and there was definitely a sense of, well, questioning it and and creating meaning out of different events. And really, as I've talked about in prior podcast episodes, is that most things are neutral. We give it the meaning that we give it and we create the drama around it. 
And so as I really went over this and was very repetitive, as I said, I could see the light bulb go on. And I continued to give examples and have people share examples. And by the end, I really feel like everyone got a a better understanding of how to apply this principle in their lives. Because if you change your mind, you will change your life. That is a fact, I promise. And really, with the dig, it helps you to reshape your thoughts, to manage your emotions, change your reactions, so that you can generate the positive outcomes you desire. And again, repetition. But these are such important principles. I want you to really think about it and understand. Don't think about it too much. (laughs) How this can work for you in your life. So I want you to um, listen to this beautiful quote first. It says, dig deep and listen. The shadows often tell a tale. Silence offers silence when everything else seems to fail. Chasing sunshine and rainbows more than often turns you blind. Darkness reveals the truth hidden in the crevices of your mind. Vexicus. Not sure who that is, but that quote really spoke to me because It's in getting deeper and feeling and dealing with some of these painful things, these events, these thoughts, all these things that happen to us, that we can actually heal and choose to have a different life and a different way of being. And it's important to remind you, again, I've said this before, but thoughts are not always true and feelings aren't always facts. And really, you have the ability to choose how you respond. I tell my kids all the time, you are the captain of your ship. And really, isn't that just so exciting to think that you have it within you to create the life that you desire and to create the relationships that you desire? So let's just dig in. Let's talk about the steps of the dig. And there are five steps. So the first step is number one. What happened? And in this, it's kind of, I do it in kind of a diagram form, but for sake of the podcast, I'm just going to keep it pretty simple here. So in what happened, it's just the facts, only the truth. And then the second step is what you said about what happened. So often this is where drama comes in. Of course, it's our thoughts, perceptions, stories, judgments, fears, and it's non-truth. Number three is how did you feel and how did you react to what happened? And number four is probably one of the most important ones because if we can stay focused on this, it will A, motivate us and it will also keep us in our lane, which is what outcome did you want? So often we feel validated in being angry or validated in stonewalling someone or validated in our behavior When in reality, the outcome that we want is very different than what we're actually giving. And I'll get to that a little bit later, because often, even if we get the outcome we want and we use manipulation or shaming or anger or coercion, there is a cost. So focusing on what the outcome is that you want will help you stay clear on why your behavior maybe isn't working for you. So number five is really the turnaround. It's the light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, so hold on, ladies. Are you paying attention? What is the light at the end of the tunnel? I don't want you to miss this one. It's super important. It is changing your thoughts. 
And the first question in number five is, is it true? Second question, is it serving you? And the third question, is this thought generated from past wounds or experiences? Number four, if this involves another person, how have you mirrored their behavior? Number five, what is the flip side of this thought? And then the final question is, what were the results of changing your thoughts and did it get you closer to your desired outcome? Again, we really want to focus on the outcome that you want. Okay, so hopefully you have a better understanding of this. Now, I have discussed this in one other podcast, but it's been a while and again, repetition. So we're going to continue to talk about the dig over and over again because it really is the foundation of all the work that I do, understanding the power of our thoughts and the power of choice. So we're going to talk about examples, and this is a really good one. When I was up at the ranch, my sister-in-law and I were, you know, I was, I was going over this with her and she gave me the example. My husband got home late from work. So that's what happened. So number two was, what did you say about what happened? So often in our thoughts and in our emotions, we start creating like a story that I'm not important to him. He's selfish. He doesn't appreciate me. He doesn't want to be with me. And really, when we're in this, I call it second circle, it's, it's, if we can get to the, the thought or the, that part that has the most emotion to it, that's what we want to focus on. And there's a lot of thoughts that we could say around, my husband got home late from work. But really, I think, you know, when I was working with my sister-in-law, what we kind of came down to was that she didn't feel important to him. And there's definitely a little emotion in that. So as we go down to the next step, how did that make her feel? Well, it actually made her feel really sad, and it actually made her feel angry. And it, it, it just made her feel alone. So when he got home late, how did she react? Well, there's three options usually, fight, flight, or freeze. And you guessed it, she <laughs> ended up fighting with him. And if you go to the next step, which number four is, what is the outcome that she wanted? Well, it was to feel important and connected to him. So when she reacted in anger, did that get her closer to her desired outcome or farther away? And I can tell you 99.9% of the time when you go down the tunnel, it gets you farther away from your outcome. Because even if you get what you think you want, there's a cost when you do it through anger a manipulation like I discussed just a few minutes ago. So really focus on the outcome that you want. And for her, this actually took her farther away from her desired outcome. Okay, ladies, so here it is again, the light at the end of the tunnel. So step five, changing your thoughts. Ask yourself, is it true? And in this case, she would say that it, it, it wasn't true, but she kind of had to think about it for a minute because she did feel validated in him being inconsiderate and not, you know, all these things. So even when we think it's true, the next question kind of negates that because you ask yourself, is it serving you? Well, this wasn't serving her. It didn't benefit her. It didn't help her get her closer to that outcome that we keep wanting to focus on. And is this thought generated from past wounds or experiences? And as we talked and we got a little bit deeper, she was able to go back even before she was married in times when maybe she didn't feel important to her parents or times when she felt alone and just 
so often our experiences, the way we react right now, are generated from past wounds or experiences. So it's important to understand that. So if this involves another person, how have you mirrored their behavior? So in this, in this situation, it did involve another person. It was her husband. And in this case, she really, I challenged her and she asked herself, have I been inconsiderate? Have I said I would do something that I didn't do? And that was an easy, yes, I have. And it gave her an opportunity to kind of shift the blame onto him and to understand that that she has been guilty of the same things and that she would want a different reaction if she didn't you know, necessarily go through with what she said she would go through or what she said she would do. And so this is just a trying to create a level of empathy and trying to understand, you know, taking ownership over what we've done and taking the focus off the other person. So what is the flip side of, the, of this thought? And there's a lot of ways to look at the flip side. It's not necessarily the opposite where she was thinking, I'm not important to him. I am important to him. Well, there might be resistance to, resistance to that thought, but really what we kind of helped her get to was that he does work hard for them and that maybe it's not that fun for him to come home when she's cranky and frazzled and stressed and that um, she can still have a happy dinner experience with their family even if he's not there. And so basically, it's not necessarily saying, oh, it's okay that he's getting home from work late. That's It's more or less assuming a responsibility over the way you're responding and doing something that you can do which is changing the energy and thought around the frustration that you're having. Because in the end, getting angry, getting frustrated, even if it gets him home earlier, again, there is a cost. And so by going through this process, it kind of helps soften her heart and to also be able to see that he does work hard for the family and that you know he does appreciate me and I'm not noticing that as much. And it just allows us to really to, to dig deep and to really think about that instead of what's not working. And so what were the results of changing your thoughts and did it get you closer to your desired outcome? So as we kind of had this discussion, you know, the situation already had already happened. And so what what we did kind of come to the conclusion is a little bit what I had already discussed was that it gave her a different perspective and it softened her heart and it removed the, the tension that was there. And in all of this, when I'm teaching the dig and when I'm helping people and coaching people through this, because this is what I do all the time with myself, with those that I work with, my family, pretty much anyone who will listen, because it really is life-changing. But the ideal is when you're in step one or two, when you see something that's happened that's causing, you know, that's caused you frustration and you're having these thoughts and angst or stories around something, you can actually skip right to step five. And so let me explain this in the situation with the husband getting home late from work. If before he got home from work, she'd gone straight to step five and challenged her thoughts, is this true? Is this serving me? Is this generated from past experiences or past wounds? If this involves another person, how have I mirrored this behavior? And what is the flip side of this thought? If she could have had that change of heart and that change in her mind before he got home, they could have avoided the conflict altogether. And that is the real win. When you can get so trained at doing this that you avoid conflict. Because arguing is a choice. 
Being angry is a choice. Pouting, ladies, I've been there, done that. I still do. I just, I'm aware that I'm doing it and I try not to do it as long, but it happens. So it's just understanding that you can choose to stop and pay attention to your thoughts and what you're saying about what happened and then turn that around through this process of the dig. And really the light at the end of the tunnel is changing your thoughts. And it is so, it's, it's actually miraculous. I didn't say easy, but it is miraculous when you can put this into action and see how it changes your life. So I have so many examples that I could go over with you. But the idea with this is that I do future podcasts that I touch on an example of the dig in every podcast because as I saw at the ranch, every example brought up new questions, new way of trying to look at things, and it just took a lot of you know, working through this and explaining it to really understand it. And so my ideal for you is that you'll really get a grasp of this and that you'll actually use it and implement it in your life daily which is something that I actually do. Now I have a, you know, I have a way that you can write this down. I have a flyer that this is on that I give to the people that I coach to and I pass it out at the ranch retreat that makes it easy to go through this process. And so I do challenge those that I work with to write it down, to go through this and to really get into the details of it. But um, I'm in the place now where I don't have to write it down always. On occasion I do, but I can go through my head and challenge my thoughts pretty good. So I'm going to talk about another example. This is one that I've actually talked about before, but it's just a really generic example that, that I think we all can relate to. And it's about, in, you know, circle one, step one is what happened is my friend didn't text me back. And in second circle, which is what did I say about that? Well, Our husbands had done a business deal together. Things didn't really work out so well. So in my mind, I automatically assumed that she was angry with me, frustrated with me, that our friendship was compromised and how rude of her anyway because I didn't do anything wrong. I had all these silly stories and thoughts around her not texting me back. And if you really pay attention to what your thoughts do to you, just this is going to be your challenge this week is stop and think about how you respond when you let a thought get into your head. Because thoughts breed feelings and reactions. And so in this particular situation, I felt bummed. I kind of felt a little bit irritated because I'm thinking, well, how hard is it for her to pick up her phone and text me back? And we've been friends for a long time, and I couldn't believe that something like this could get in the way of our friendship. So I was actually sad, mad, angry, all sorts of feelings. And I had real emotion around this. So then how did I react? I just kind of got, kind of got, I just kind of retreated, fight, fight, or freeze. I just kind of pulled back because I tried to text her. I tried to DM her on Instagram. And so I just kind of gave up. And I just figured, well, there it is. That's all I can do. So as I go through this and we look at the next one, which is what is the outcome that I wanted? Well, I wanted to feel close and connected to this person. But in my thought warfare, my mental warfare I was creating within myself, I was feeling more and more disconnected from this imagined situation that I created that she was not texting me back because she was angry with me and we weren't friends anymore. And it became very real and palpable for me, even though it was still based on my thoughts. 
And so as I work through this and I look at that there is a cost and I'm not getting the outcome that I want, but is it true? Can I say for a matter of fact that she doesn't like me and that we're not friends or that she's rejecting me? No, I can't say that because I haven't been able to ask her yet. And even if I believe with all my heart that it's true, is it serving me? No, it is not. Well, here we go. Is this thought generated from past wounds or experiences? And if you really sit with this question, oh, you can get some good nuggets. You can get some dirt, (laughs) so to speak. And in this, when I really stop and think about when I get triggered by things like this, is I just, I mean, we go back to those silly experiences. For me, it was a little girl on the playground playing kickball. And I was that one Oh, see, I can get emotional just talking about it because it didn't feel good to be the last one picked every time. I am not coordinated. I don't know how I have, how I have athletic children because I am not, I was not. And as a little girl, clearly all the other kids on the playground could see that. And so I did not get picked. So what I decided to do was to go and get my own kickball so I could create my own team. And again, I've probably shared this before on podcast because it was one of those things, those moments that I've remembered in my life, feeling really sad and rejected, not good enough, all these feelings that I was kind of projecting into the situation. So number, the next question is, if this involves another person, how have you mirrored their behavior? Well, have I ever not responded to somebody's text? I'm pretty good about it, but yes, there's probably been times that I haven't called someone back or I've maybe given someone the cold shoulder and I didn't mean to. So yes, so kind of shifting that away from this person and back to myself, put the ball back in my court, you know, the captain of the captain of my own ships, like I'd mentioned earlier. So as we get to the next question, which is what is the flip side of this thought? Hmm. Where I went with this that worked for me, because again, it's not always the opposite. It's not, she loves me. She wants to be my BFF because maybe she doesn't. And I can't base my thought on her liking me or making it all okay. I have to figure out a way to be okay with the fact that she might not like me and we might not be friends anymore. And so the way that I did the flip side of this thought was, it's okay. I'm a good friend and I deserve to be treated and be reciprocal in my friendships, be treated a certain way that I would treat someone else. And so in my mind, what got me closer to my desired outcome with changing these thoughts is focusing on the friendships that I do have that are responsive, that I do feel like it's reciprocal. Because it's we can't change that event and we can't like put lipstick on a pig, like, oh, she probably loves me. She's probably just having a bad day. She's probably really busy. She's probably just blah, 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 blah. I mean, we do this all the time. We just make up stories. And again, it's just a story. So focus on what we can do with changing our thoughts. And that whole experience, it left me feeling much less desperate and just kind of being okay with the fact that she may or may not like me, but I'm okay because I know I'm a good friend and I know I have friends that value me. And that's what I'm going to focus on. Not the scarcity mentality where there's one person that may or may not like me when I have all these other friends that do. Well, the irony in all of this is that I ran into her not long after this 
at a restaurant where she came up to me and gave me the biggest hug. She had the most brightest, happiest smile on her face. And I just thought in that instant, I think I was wrong. She isn't mad at me. Our friendship isn't over. And I was so relieved. But I had prepared myself in a way that I could live with whatever the, whatever that was that was to happen. But as I talked to her, I decided to be proactive, which is what I always recommend when you're dealing with conflict, is be proactive. Not aggressive, not, <laughs> you know, passive aggressive, just be proactive. And what I asked her was quite simply, hey, I have been texting you. I've DM'd you on Instagram. I haven't heard back from you. What is going on? And so we pulled out the phone. I looked at my text. I showed her where I texted her. And I immediately knew what had happened. I'd been texting her 408 and then her number. Well, my area code, our area code is 480. She hadn't gotten any of my texts. And she got rid of Instagram months before, so she hadn't got any of my DMs or any of my texts. Now stop and think about the time and energy that was wasted on a story that I told. I had legitimate, tangible sadness. I had a reaction of frustration. I kind of froze. I kind of like, it just kind of, I withdrew. And it was all based on a story in my head. It was a fairy tale. <laughs> it wasn't true. So if you think about that, and if you start paying attention to how many times you get stuck in your own head, in your own thoughts, and you create unnecessary drama, pain, chaos, suffering in your life. Ladies, it's real. And I know this because I was the queen of suffering, the queen of being the victim. And that's all there right in second circle, right? Like step two, it is not serving you when you get in that place. So there's so many areas that we could go with this. But one thing I wanted to add is that in this process of doing the dig, it's going to sometimes get dirty. And I've I remember this discussion I had with my son, Lincoln, and this is, again, a story that I always refer to because it was a very clear visual of a very important principle that I had as I was discussing this with him because there was a time when Tal and I were both doing a lot of digging with ourselves that it was creating a little bit of resistance, a little bit of you know discomfort in our relationship, and he was picking up on that, and he asked me about that. And so I explained to him, I said, honey, it's, it's okay. Mom and dad are fine. We're just trying to, you know, get to the bottom of some stuff here. Because my belief is if you individually work on yourself, then you are stronger and better equipped to be in a whole marriage, in a whole relationship, rather than working on the relationship first and then working individually. I feel like you need to work individually first and then the marriage. So as I explained to him that, you know, sometimes... Your hands get dirty when you're digging. And we live in Arizona and the dirt is hard and clay and difficult. And you can't just plant flowers. You've got to like till the soil, pull the weeds. It You just get dirty and I get, you know, my cuticles get all messed up. I used to love planting flowers. And this is a lot of work and an effort. But as you prepare that, then you're ready for the beautiful flowers, but it takes preparation, it takes getting dirty, and it takes going through these proper steps. 
And so if you understand that, and we don't begrudge getting dirty and understanding it's in the getting dirty, it's in getting deep, that we're getting to those treasures, we're getting to that light at the the end of the tunnel, that we're getting to the beautiful flowers, it makes it seem less painful, less drudgerous, because it's, it's, again, focusing on the outcome, it's going to help us get us to that outcome of more connection, more love, deeper relationships, and just more um, functionality in our lives because we're going to have less drama. We're going to be having energy, less energy wasted on things that are not serving us. So here's a quote by an Anthony D'Angelo, and it says, when solving a problem, dig at the roots instead of hacking at the leaves. How many times are we hacking at the leaves? It doesn't get us anywhere. We've got to dig in to get to the root of the problem. And that it takes a lot of self-awareness and a lot of being uncomfortable sometimes. But if you can do that, you'll free yourself and allow room for all the good stuff that you want in your life, the peace and the freedom and all the things that we want, the joy. But you've got to be willing to get your hands dirty first, to just to dig in to get to that place. And so my challenge for you this week is to look for opportunities to apply the dick. Be mindful of when you allow your thoughts to get the best of you, to take on a life of their own, to pay attention to your feelings and your reactions. And know and start training yourself to see that you're choosing that. We all want to feel justified and validated in our anger and in our frustration and the way we react or this happened to me and therefore I deserve to be like this. Well, in the end, you have the ability to choose how you respond and how you feel about what happens. And it takes work and it takes effort. And sometimes you need someone else to help you to do this. And I'm going to talk about that in another podcast, but so often some of these, this process, and this is what I do every day is I'm helping people look at where they are and figure out where they want to be and what is stopping them. And most of the time it's their thoughts that they make to be truth and fact. So I challenge you to look for opportunities this week. If you're interested in getting a copy of The Dig, I'd be happy to give that to you. You can contact me on my email at www.let-it-glow.com. So thank you for tuning in. I challenge you to really think about this. I know that if you put some time into this, you will really learn to dig the dig. <laughs> I love play on words. But I really want this to be something that you that you implement in your life because I promise if you do, you will have changes that you never dreamed were possible. Because as you change your mind, you will change your life. So until next time, shine on. Thanks for listening to the Let It Glow podcast. If you enjoyed this show, share the love with a friend. This podcast can be found on iTunes or subscribe on my website at www.let-it-glow.com. And remember, let go and let it glow.